Bible says, thou shalt have no other gods before me. And um, we, we think about that verse together in such connection to Colossians chapter 1. Turn there with me if you would. Colossians chapter 1 and verse number 18. Colossians chapter 1 and verse number 18. The Word of God says, and he is the head of the body, the church, who is beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Gracious Father, I pray that you would uh, help us to be able to focus uh, tonight upon your Word. Lord, we pray that you would remove all and any distractions. We ask that you would uh, just, um, Lord, allow your Holy Spirit to have full and complete reign through all that is said and done tonight. Lord, we pray that uh, our uh, spirit would be opened up to you. Lord, I pray that you give me clarity of thought and of mind. Lord, may the message that you would have for us be clearly conveyed as to exactly what you would have for us. Bless us now, we ask and pray in Jesus' name. Amen. The Bible says that in all things he might have the preeminence. God's desire is that he would have preeminence in our lives. Amen? That he would be first, that he would be before, that he would be uh, the beginning of all things in our life. And so we understand this is a very command of God to make him our very object of worship. There is not to be another object of worship, any other thing or person or image for that matter that is to come before Christ. In Isaiah chapter 44 and verse number 6, the word of God says, Thus saith the Lord, the King of Israel, and his Redeemer, the Lord of hosts, I am the first and am the last. And beside me, there is no God. Uh, the Bible tells us that God is to be before all things. God is to uh, not have anything else before him uh, in our lives. So the question comes back to us in just that way. Is there something in your life that comes before God? Or maybe we put it this way. Uh, is there some things in your life that come before the things of God in your life? The Bible tells us that he is to have that preeminence. And so as we examine these words, the very phrases, the Bible says, no other gods. This command was not only intended to forbid images coming before Christ, but it's also uh, that which they represent. Turn with me to Colossians 3 and verse number 5. Colossians 3 and verse number 5. The word of God says, mortify, or we know that word to mean to make dead, therefore your members which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, uh, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Those evil concupiscence is a little bit of a different word. It's speaking of a desire or a craving. And so the Bible tells us we are to mortify, we are to make dead, we are to put to death the, the, the flesh. Uh, really in much connection to what we talked about even this morning. It's the very idea of, of uh, letting the old man uh, die and keeping the old man dead. Uh, the, the, that is, as we talked about, a journey. It is a walk with God. It, is a, it must be a desire and intent of our heart to walk in newness of life. And so the Bible tells us we are to make dead our members which are upon the earth, every part of ourself, because here is the battle. Here are the things and the Bible tells us there will be cravings, there will be uh, affections, there will be uncleanness, and all of these things in and of themselves are idolatry. Let's not misunderstand or confuse idolatry and adultery. Uh, adultery speaking that of a, uh, of a uh, breaking of a promise, a breaking of a relationship. Idolatry is speaking of the worship and the giving, uh, 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 giving um, 
uh, a worship or a preeminence to something in your life. And so that word idolatry is speaking of a reliance or it's speaking of a worship of anything in the place of God. You're depending upon something in place of God. You're looking to something in place of God. In some cases, for the Christian, it can be their spouse. They look to their spouse before they look to God. In some cases, it can be their children. <laughs> they look to their children's opinions before they even look to Christ. In some cases, it can be their boss. In uh, some cases, it can be their pastor. Uh, but yet we understand in all things, God is to have the preeminence in our own lives. And as he is before all things, uh, and, uh, in the, on this earth, in the very creation of all things, he was before so he is spiritually to be before all things in our lives. And so when the Bible tells us no other gods, there is to be no other fornications, uncleanness, inordinate affections, uh, any other desires or cravings, no covetous desires of our heart which should exceed our desire for God. Amen? The Bible says no other gods. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. We'll look together at verse number 7. 1 Corinthians 10. In verse number 7, the Word of God says, Neither be ye idolaters, as were some of them. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. And so the Bible tells us, in speaking of the Christians, they began to serve other things before God. And this was Paul's very message given to the Corinthians as they were uh, giving themselves towards other things. In Exodus chapter 32 and verse number 6, the Bible says, And they rose up early on the morrow and offered burnt offerings and brought peace offerings. And the people sat down to eat and to drink and rose up to play. And so we understand they began to worship a God that they could see instead of a God who delivered them from slavery. They, de they decided to worship and or give their attention to, give preeminence to something which they could feasibly see and or touch, rather than uh, simply have faith and trust in the God whom they cannot see uh, right before them with their eyes. Uh, it, it can, it can uh, be without argument that the very work of God is clearly seen in, uh, in all of creation. Amen? In every part of life, God is clearly, evidently seen. There is without doubt that Christ is behind it all. But uh, we see here and understand that God is to be that before all things in our life. In 1 Corinthians 10, in verse number 4, uh, you should be there already in, X, in 1 Corinthians 10. The Bible says in verse number 14, I'm sorry, verse 14, it tells us to flee from idolatry. To flee from idolatry. So here comes the question to us. Do we find more happiness? Do we find more pleasure? Do we find more amusement? Do we find more... Uh, our attention giving more to things of this earth than to things of God. The Bible says there are to be no other gods. That is, to, there are to be no other things, no other people, no other images. In some cases, I know, especially for young people, that is, teenagers, uh, they have a, a way of, of modeling themselves off of, off of another individual. They have role models in their life that are not always the greatest role models. And we understand as a Christian, there should not be anything which we are seeking to imitate, anything which we are seeking to give our attention to, anything that ever comes before Christ. And, and the, the very commandment is, is just that, to flee from idolatry. And he describes further, um, that thou shalt have no other gods before me. And so these words do not mean ahead of me, but understand it means in my sight. 
God's saying there's not to be anything clearly seen in your life uh, that, is, that is taking place uh, of, of God in your own personal life. Anything that is uh, clearly seen. Um, it's again, as we talked about this morning, you're walking in newness of life. The Bible says, by your fruits ye are known. Uh, God looks at our life and he sees the life which we're living. If there's fruit which is being produced, if there's growth which is happening, we are, being, we are perfecting to holiness, as the Word of God describes. And so uh, it is to said that there is, is to be understood that there is to be nothing in the sight of God that should not be there in our life. How many times we allow things before the very eyes of God, we allow them into our life. Amen? We, we really don't even give a lot of consideration of. How many times we allow ourselves, you know, give you some examples, looking at things on the internet, watching things on our television, uh, the, the conversations which we have, uh, the, and we talk about our giving attention to before Christ. Uh, young people have a way of giving their attention to video games. Uh, sometimes even a, uh, um, the average person could be so hooked on uh, reading books. Uh, we can be so hooked on uh, even spending time with family. And those things can become essentially idols, things that we're not willing to tear down that have really come uh, in the, have been placed in the sight of God and have spiritually uh, taken a higher priority than God himself. Uh, when we understand no other gods before me, that is to say there is to be nothing that comes placed before even the commands of God before uh, the very principles given to us by God in his word. In Colossians chapter 1, why don't you turn back there with me, and we just kind of understand the very context of Colossians. We just very recently studied this passage together, uh, but um, uh, as you may hear these things again, hopefully they can be a reminder to you. The Bible tells us in verse number 16 of Colossians chapter 1 that God is the creator of all things. Verse 16, For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, Visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. John chapter 1 and verse number 3, the Bible says all things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. So we understand God is uncreated, but yet as a Christian we can be, if we are not careful, we can very easily worship God's creation before we worship the creator. Amen? So the Bible gives us a second thing. Yet again, he created all things, but he is, before all things, uh, all things exist for him, rather. All things exist for him. In verse 16, it continues, all things were created by him and for him. All things were created for him. 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse number 17, the word of God says, Charge them that are rich in this world, that they be not high-minded, nor trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God, who giveth us richly all things to enjoy. So all things exist for him. They, are not, they were not created for the purpose and intent only of mankind. Now praise the Lord for his blessings of, 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 uh, that he gives to us on this earth. But understand creation was not created only and simply for us. But yet sometimes in the Christian life we can live it in such a way as though it, it belongs to us. It's ours. But the Bible tells us it was created for him. It was created for his glory. The very reason why we were created was for God's glory. Amen? And so uh, we see yet the third thing. The Bible says he holds all things together. In verse 17, as we already read, by him all things consist. He controls all things. And um, as we sing the hymn even, this is my father's world. 
This world belongs to him. So when we understand this command that is given to us by God, thou shalt have no other gods before me, that the gods are speaking of the things of this earth. The gods are thinking of the earthly things, the things uh, which can uh, take that higher priority, which be so easily placed in the sight of God. Uh, some, some men have a way of putting their, uh, their job before God. In uh, some, case, some cases, maybe it's their, their car before God. Uh, so, it, sometimes, uh, it, and as I mentioned already, sometimes it's just simply family. And, and may I say, uh, ladies, it, should, it, it is a command of God in your role of the home to be submissive to the husband, to love the husband, and, and to uh, do it as unto the Lord. But in the midst of all those things, nowhere in the Word of God does it say that your submission or your love for your family and your spouse is to ever come before God. And so uh, we understand that even our roles that we play upon this earth can have their way of being done in the flesh and being done uh, for ourselves rather than for the sake of God. In 1 Corinthians, or, or 2 Kings, rather, chapter 17, in verse number 41, the Bible says, So these nations feared the Lord and served their graven images. And so we understand that as the people in 2 Kings, they worship the Lord and other gods. As Christians, we can so easily do the same thing. And the emphasis can be upon something else rather than Christ himself. How easy that can be even in a church, that the emphasis can be upon other things. Some cases, even can be, it can even be the ministries. Uh, I've known some churches, they have a great bus ministry, huge bus ministry, but that's their only focus, it seems, within the church. Uh, some churches have a great outreach to uh, you know, uh, those who are, are drug addicts and recovering, and praise the Lord for that, a great thing. But if they come before, if they come before Christ himself, you say, well, how can those good things come before Christ? Because when they become a form of the flesh, when they become a form of tradition, when they become, in some cases, even a routine, and that's all that the focus is, it stunts our growth. And so it's not to say that we cannot do one or two or some things well. Praise the Lord for those uh, churches that are able to, to have ministries and, and to go forward with them successfully. But how true it is that some even church members can allow their focus to be so upon fulfilling that ministry or that thing exactly as or exactly uh, what they believe it is intended to be done rather than, as we talked about even this morning, a wholehearted service to God out of a desire of love before Christ. And so understand this before me is, is understanding that we have a relationship with Christ as a marriage relationship is understood and a husband and wife, so we have a relationship with God and man, and there is not to be anything that comes in between us. So when the Bible tells us before all things, nothing is to be coming in sight. You place something in between two individuals who are standing in front of each other. That is that in sight. Nothing is to take a higher priority then. And so that relationship with Christ is of utmost, report, uh, of, of, of utmost report, importance. I'm struggling here tonight on my words. Exodus chapter 32, if you want to turn there with me. Exodus chapter 32 in verse uh, number 1. Exodus chapter 32 in verse number 1. I referenced already one of the verses in this passage, but taking a closer look again as we consider this um, passage of Scripture. Exodus 32 in verse number 1, the Bible says, And when the people saw that Moses delayed to come out of the mount, the people gathered themselves together unto Aaron and said unto him, Up! 
Make us gods which shall go before us. For as for this Moses, the man that hath brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we want not what has become of him. So we haven't been able to see God. We haven't been able to see his man who he gave to lead us out of Egypt. And so we're going to create an image. We're going to put something that we can see. Verse 2, the Bible says, And Aaron said unto them, Break off the golden earrings which are in your ears of your wives and of your sons and of your daughters, and bring them unto me. And all the people break off the gold earrings which were in their ears, and brought them unto Aaron. And he received them at their hand, and fashioned it with a graving tool, after he had made it in a molten calf. And they said, These be thy gods, O Israel, which brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. And when Aaron saw it, he built an altar before it. And Aaron made proclamation and said, Tomorrow is a feast to the Lord. And they rose up early on the morrow and offered burnt offerings and brought peace offerings. And the people sat down to eat and to drink and rose up to play. And the Lord said unto Moses, Go, get thee down for thy people, which thou hast broughtest out of the land of Egypt, have corrupted themselves. And they have turned aside quickly out of the way, which I have commanded them. They have made them a molten calf and have worshipped it and have sacrificed thereunto and said, These be thy gods, O Israel, which have brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. Really, this passage, we can see both the first and the second commandment within, uh, but understanding the first of those commands that is given to us in Exodus chapter 20, the Bible says, no other gods before me. Notice verse 26, as Moses comes down from the mount and he comes to them, the word of God says, then Moses stood in the gate of the camp and said, what are those next words? Who is on the Lord's side? That'd be worth marking in your Bible if you haven't already. Who is on the Lord's side? In other words, you cannot straddle the line and be on two different sides. You're either with God or you're not with God. You're either worshiping God or you're not worshiping God. But yet some Christians live the Christian life, they're straddling the line. Uh, you know, here's the, here's the line and they're, they're, they're stepping on it like this. I've got to have one foot here and one foot over here. But God says that he is to have the preeminence. He is to be before all things. And so we understand the question is brought to us, who is on the Lord's side. Are you on the Lord's side wholeheartedly, completely? Or is there a part of you that is giving more attention to something upon this earth? I tell you, there, there is such a great emphasis given in the Word of God of being separated from the world and unto God. There's nearly no uh, book of the Bible which you can read that doesn't speak of some form of separation because it is, uh, it is without um, argument that the Christian is constantly in a battle against the flesh to be separated from the world and unto God. That's why we're given in the book of Ephesians and describe that armor of God which is to be put on, which is to be equipped. We're to put off that old man, to put on the new man. We're to arm ourselves, prepare ourselves because of the fiery darts of the devil, because the wiles of the devil, uh, because of the, uh, he, he is seeking about to devour as a lion. And so the word of God says, who is on the Lord's side? Are you on the side with God, or there's, is there more of an emphasis in your life upon things of this world? 2 Corinthians chapter 6, why don't you turn there with me? 2 Corinthians 6, keep your finger in Exodus 32 if you haven't already lost it. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse number 17. 2 Corinthians 6 and verse number 17. Are we separated from the world and unto God? 2 Corinthians 6 verse 17 Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate. I've underlined that in my Bible. Be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will 
receive you. So there's not even to be, a, as the idea of touch, there's not even to be a look. We're not even giving a thought towards, but all the attention is being given towards Christ. Romans chapter 13, why don't you look at this passage with me? We'll just kind of turn and look at these verses together. Romans 13 and verse number 14. Romans chapter 13 and verse number 14. The Bible says, but put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ. That's a great, that's a great place even to stop just there. But the Bible says, put on the Lord Jesus Christ. When others see you, they should see Christ. Is that going to be something that's easily done? No, there will be a battle. There will be a struggle. But understand, if we're not putting on Jesus Christ, what happens? Verse 14, and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill the lusts thereof. The flesh will always lust. The Bible tells us and describes to us the lust of the eyes, uh, the, the pride of life, the lust of the flesh. All of these things are of the world. And so uh, the, the Word of God tells us, put on the Lord Jesus Christ. There must be the intent to put on Christ, to put on the Lord. It's a choice. Who is on the Lord's side? Will you choose Christ or you choose the world? Exodus chapter 32 and verse number 29 the Word of God says, and Moses said, consecrate yourselves today to the Lord. There's going to be a consecration. That word consecrate means to be filled. Be filled. So he says, fill yourselves today. Let yourself be filled with an emphasis, with a desire, with an intent to, um, to imitate Christ, to put on the Lord Jesus Christ, to be ye separate. Because who is on the Lord's side? As, as Moses came down from the mountain, he looks at all these people who are Christian individuals, and he says, are you not on the Lord's side? Why are there things of the flesh, lustly desires in your life? Why have there become now things that have taken place before God? Has God not told us, thou shalt have no other gods before me? So you cannot choose one of two things. You either choose God or you choose the world. You can't have it both ways. If you've chosen a portion of the world and do things of the world, you've already chosen your side. Amen? The Bible tells us the choice should be Christ. Amen? Our choice should be Christ. And so um, this consecration towards the Lord. Uh, so at what point is something considered a God? It is when something becomes that distraction. It's when something becomes the alternative to our worship of the Lord. And, and that can be any form of anything. Colossians 3 and verse 2, the Word of God says, Set your affection on things above and not on things on this earth. Matthew 6 verse 33, the Word of God says, But seek ye first, what? The kingdom of God. So the very things of God, His righteousness are to be sought within our life. And then we're given that promise, that wonderful promise, and all these things shall be added unto you. So the world, as we know, will someday pass away, but in the end, the only thing that will matter, the only thing that will matter is what lasts for all eternity. And that's our relationship with Christ. Amen? When you receive Christ and you come to know Him as your personal Savior, the Bible says, you are placed into the Father's hand and no man can pluck you out. You're there for all eternity. Praise God. Amen? The Bible tells us of that eternal security. But may there never be something that distracts or becomes an alternative before the very things of God or God himself. I'm talking to many parents even tonight. Christ must come first in your home. God must come first. We've heard much about that even in this past week. Uh, we had the, our, uh, our, um, the message was focused upon the family. 
that Christ should be first in the home. Um, so how do we discern the gods in our life? Well, asking yourself these questions. Some of you like to take notes. Giving the, ask yourself this question. Number one, is, is that thing or some things in your life, could you live without it? How do I discern if there's a God in my life? Well, ask yourself, could you live without the things in your life? Boy, when you ask yourself that question, it's where the rubber really meets the road. Uh, we, we've, we've touched much on this in, in times past, but um, when you consider your job, if, if, if you did not have your job, what you do to make a living, could you live without it? You say, well, in this world, I can't live without it. I've got to have money. Well, yes. But if it's taking preeminence in first before God, could you live without it? Uh, somebody says, well, uh, wh- what about my, uh, the things in my home? Some, some families could hardly live without a television in their home. <laughs> could you live without it? Uh, some, some could hardly live without football. Oh, my goodness. God forbid that I not have football or, or baseball. Baseball is a big thing here, too, I know. And I couldn't live without my sports teams. Well, how many times do we get more excited, give more emphasis towards, give ourselves more towards the things of this world? I'm just giving you a couple things. We could, go, we, could, we could make lists easily. You could help me make those lists. But ask yourself, could you live without it? There should be nothing in this world that we could, uh, we could ever desire more than God. The one thing that we should never uh, try to live without is God himself and a relationship with him. Amen? The Bible asks, it brings us to this question when this command is given, could you live without it? Number two, has it begun to rule you? Has the things of your life, the things which you pursue, the everyday of your life, has it begun to rule you? Jeremiah chapter 45 and verse number five, the Bible says, and seekest thou great things for thyself? Seek them not. So the Word of God tells us it is wrong to keep pursuing goals of this world before the emphasis of Christ as first and foremost. Ecclesiastes, uh, Solomon tells us himself, vanity of vanities, all is vanity. I sought everything out under the sun. I have all that I could ever desire, but I find in the end it's nothing. It's a vapor. It's, it's of no uh, value. I, I, maybe I've shared with you the illustration before uh, of the boy who uh, on, um, on, on an Easter day was offered a, a choice of chocolates out of, a, out of a basket. And he chose the largest of the chocolates that were there, a big, large Easter bunny. And as he pulled off the foil from those ears of that Easter bunny and took a bite into that bunny, he come to find that inside was hollow. It was empty. There's nothing inside. And the truth of the matter is, we always, as in our battle of our flesh, we can always reach for the best. Amen? You can always reach for the things that I want, that I desire, before the things of Christ. And so, has it become, begun to rule you? Is that becoming a greater pursuit? Number three, does it stir you to urgency? Does it stir you to urgency? Ask yourself, do the things of your life, are you just ready to get back to it? Are you ready to get back to it? Are, are, you, are you so ready to get back to being in the house of God? Are you so ready to be being back in your Bible and reading it? Is there an urgency that is brought in your relationship with Christ? Or is there a greater urgency to be of the things of this world? Uh, I'm going to step on some toes here tonight. But uh, boy, how we can be so good at being on time for things of this world when it comes to things of God. 
It can be the last in our list. A few minutes late for church. Last thing we did in the day was read our Bible. Haven't prayed to God all day. I prayed to him before I went to bed. How many of you know what I'm talking about? It's a battle of the flesh, okay? At least three people in this room believe that anyway, okay? The Bible tells us that uh, there are things in our life that can stir us to urgency. And the greatest urgency in life should be God. Uh, Let me give you the fourth thing here. Is it for you or for the Lord? Is those things in your life, is it for you or is it for the Lord? Whether it's a job, it's a place, it's your, even your, your family, is all that you do in life, is it for Christ? Is Christ first? Again, we could wax eloquent upon uh, many of these things, but understand the goal in life should be to do the things of God, to pursue Christ, to make Him preeminent, to let Him be before all things, that the only sight, the greatest thing that we're looking to is Christ. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, we're keeping our eyes upon Christ. The Bible says, I press toward the mark of the prize, the high calling of God. We're keeping our eyes focused upon Christ. Nothing between my soul and the Savior. So no other gods before me. It's not anything in this world that's causing and drawing us to urgency before God. It's not ruling us. It's, it's something which we are willing and could live without if we absolutely had to in order to give more preeminence to Christ. And it is for God not for ourselves. I remember uh, this family that I knew when I was in college, and they would have college students over all the time, and you would thank them after they'd have you over, they'd fill you up, you know, as a college student, you're just eating everything, right? But uh, you'd thank them for, for, for having you over and things, and they would say, uh, well, this, we've given this house to God. This is not our house. This is, this is God's house, and this is what God has led us to do with our home. Now, that, 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 that was such an encouragement to me and stood out to me, because why? Because it was a couple who said, this is not ours. This is for the Lord. The very intent of what I do, my very way of living is for Christ. And how easy it is as a Christian to put the things of this world before God.